chapter 2, uh, it says um, in verse 3, for, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of, of God our Savior. So it was uh, talking about prayer, but verse uh, 4 is where I want to get to, First Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. It says, who will have all men to be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth? And, um, you know, it's good for us to meditate on that because the, the Bible says here, and of course it, it says in other places too, similar thoughts that the, the desire of the Lord, the will of God is that all men be saved, that all men come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen? Uh, and if you'll meditate on that verse, it gives you some insight of who the Lord is because uh, if it was up to me and you, we'd pick and choose, right? Yeah, you can come in. Uh, you No, there's no, just, you're out of here, right? I mean, we would, we would have a list, right? Uh, and, and, we, and, and maybe we have a list. Right? Anybody got a list right now of who you would let in, who you wouldn't let in, right? Yeah, you're right. No, you can't come in. Uh, and so, uh, but that's not how the Lord operates. The Lord's desire is that all men be saved, amen? Uh, and, of course, when they get saved, their nature changes, amen? They go from the, whatever the nature they had before to a new nature. Uh, and so, you know, sometimes we look at people that have done things wrong, even terrible things, right? Some of the worst things and, and um I mean, you can you hear stories. I've heard some stories even this week of some just horrific things that people have done, and yet the Lord would would allow them to be saved because His blood is more precious than their sin is bad. Amen. Uh, and uh, if you can understand how precious the blood of Jesus is and how powerful it is, it's able to take the worst, absolute worst human being in in the universe and cause them to be like God. Uh, and and it shows the goodness of God. Amen. Uh, and so, well, what about the things they've done wrong? Well, you know, sometimes those people have to pay a natural price for their sins, right? Sometimes they have to go to jail, and sometimes they may remain in jail all of their life because of things they've done, uh, because the society uh, uh, has, has decided to punish them that way, uh, and, uh, and yet they can still be saved, amen? amen. Uh, and so, uh, you know, for me, I, I leave it alone. You know, if the Lord is kind enough to save them, then uh, for me to say that he's wrong and that, you know, if it was me, I would send them to hell and do all those things, that will get you in trouble really quick, amen? But the most important thing is meditate on, on this, is, this is God's will. This is who he is. And he can look at all of these things, and, and you think he knows of all the terrible things everybody has done? You think he knew that people were going to be doing terrible things? Of course, even by this time, you know, this is uh, near the end of the New Testament, you can read the stories of the horrific things that people did in the Old Covenant. And every one of those, Jesus came and died for all of those people too. Amen. Uh, and so it's just good to meditate on this is who the Lord is. This is his desire. Amen. Uh, and it helps us to align ourselves with him instead of us going, well, I wouldn't do that. Uh, well, you know, we should, we should never say that because if the Lord would do that, then we need to have our hearts aligned with his. Well, if he would do that, then my desire is for that thing to happen as well. Amen. Let's not second-guess the Lord and, and His goodness and kindness. Let's uh, appreciate the Lord in the things that He does. Amen. Uh, and so, is the Lord worthy to be worshipped? Well, let's go to Lord and praise worship today. Amen. Uh, and they said, we thought we told you to not speak again in this name. And Peter stood up and said, whether it be right to, to obey God or man, you decide. We're going to obey God. Amen. Amen. And I always think that, you know, I've never had the opportunity to use that, you know, like if somebody arrested me for preaching the gospel, but, you know, but if they ever do, I'm going to use that line because I think it's a great line, right? And so whether you think it's, it's I, I should obey God, a man, you could decide, but this is what I'm going to do, amen? 
Uh, and, um, you know, if we'll have that attitude, we'll always be okay. Amen? Sometimes people fear, fear governments or fear authority. You know, we should never fear governments or authority. And, you know, in fact, the Bible says to pray for them. And um, uh, has every government and uh, every authority in the world done right? Well, I mean, any sane person would say that it's not so, right? Uh, have they abused their positions of authority? Oftentimes, the history is full of stories of such things, amen? And it's unfortunate, but, um, you know, we're required to obey the authority and obey the government up until the point it comes into conflict with the Word of God, amen? If it ever comes in conflict with the Word of God, then we're no longer obligated uh, to obey it at all and shouldn't feel bad about it, amen? Uh, there was a, uh, back in, um, it's been a, several years ago, but there was a mayor in Houston, uh, she was a lesbian, and, and she said that uh, uh, any church is not, no churches are allowed to preach against homosexuality. In fact, uh, all the churches need to submit their, their outlines to me before they preach it to, to make sure that I approve of that. You know, and of course, uh, I'm sure every church in Houston was like, right, <laughs> we're getting right on that, right? Uh, we'll be glad to, in fact, I'd be glad to send her all my outlines, you know, and, and um, if she would read them, might get saved, right? But, um, uh, and so, uh, are we under any pressure to do that or not do that? Well, no, we're not under any pressure to do that. And, and you know, the, the um, uh, and we're not going to get too far into that, but if uh, you notice, you know, churches can be designated as 501c3 charitable organizations, you know, identified by the IRS, right, officially identified as the uh, by the IRS as a 501c3. And that, that uh, particular uh, legal, doc, uh, legal uh, standing was developed by uh, Sen Senator Lyndon B. Johnson back before he was president, when he was a senator, because churches were preaching against him and he didn't like it. So he, he put this, this law in there so that if they did sign up to be 501c3 organization, he could then threaten their charitable organization status if they preach something he didn't like. But the, but the inconvenient thing about that is there's this little thing called the Constitution that says that uh, no law shall be made uh, concerning churches or religion. And so no church is required to actually become a 501c3. We are automatically a charitable organization because we are a church. Uh, and in fact, the IRS has got documentation. I, I keep a copy of it on my computer that, that directly says that. If you are a church, you are automatically a charitable organization that has the right and privilege to give people tax deduction uh, letters to say that they've given that, and you can take those, those givings uh, off your taxes. Uh, and so it's not required for a church to be a 501c3. In fact, when we started the church, you know, we, we contacted a, a legal uh, group that was, uh, that was involved in a lot of church establishments, and they told us how to structure the church, set up our charters, and make sure that things were legally set up because you know, e even though we're a church and, and, and we don't have to answer everything to, to, uh, to the law, there's still, if we're a church, we have financial obligations to make it not be about me, right? So if all we're doing in here is giving money and I take all the money and do what I want to with it, it's not really a church, right? That's, that's called money laundering, amen? That's, that's what the, uh, and so, you know, you can violate the principle of that and, and you could be, you know, sued and, and even, um, uh, even if you're not a 501c3, uh, and so when uh, we were doing that, I had asked both uh, a CPA and the lawyers, so why do churches uh, sign up to be a 501c3? Because if you're a 501c3, you got to send the government all kinds of documentation, all the stuff that you all gave, right? So like right now, 
we're not a 501c3. I don't tell the government anything that you guys do. You know, um, I send you all letters, and you can tell the government that, that you did that if you want to, but I don't have to send them where we spend our money. I don't have to send them you know, uh, how much money we gave or didn't give to anybody else. I'm not obligated to send them anything. Amen. So it's none of their business. Now, you all can see what we do. You're welcome anytime to ask me where we spend our money, and I'd be glad to show you, but I'm not obligated at all. But I'm a 501c3. I'm a charitable organization because I'm a church. I look like a church. We act like a church. We have a store building with signs, right? We have chairs, comfortable church chairs, right? Because, you know, if this is somewhere, we wouldn't have these comfortable chairs, right? Church is required by law to have comfortable chairs, right? And so, um, so all of that, you know, we, we, don't, uh, we don't answer to, uh, and so there's no threat because I can preach whatever I want to and they can never threaten me anyway. Even if I, have a five, even if I was a 501c3, I'd still preach whatever I wanted to, but uh, they tell you that you're not allowed to preach if you're a charitable organization, a 501c3, you can't preach about uh, anything related to politics or anything like that and none of the business what, I, what we preach about, amen? Uh, and uh, we answer to a, a king, amen, to the great king of kings not to the government, amen? Uh, and so uh, we're not going to, you know, we don't get into politics except very, we, we may make a comment or two about it, uh, but, um, uh, but we'll say whatever we want to say because we're the church, amen? And we stand at a higher position than the government does. Um, but we, uh, and so uh, that doesn't mean that we don't answer to the government, you know, uh, we, we pay taxes, you know, we have to pay property tax and different things. And, uh, and uh, even though as a, for the state of Tennessee, we are a, uh, um, uh, tax exempt organization, uh, you know, but sometimes we still pay pro, uh, sales tax, just, you know, sometimes it's not worth the effort to set it all up because you've got to go to every uh, vendor and say we're, we're a uh, tax exempt organization, they got paperwork and all those things. And uh, I don't have a problem helping out the state of Tennessee. They're a blessing to us, and so we can be a blessing to them on occasion to pay some sales tax, and so even though we're not technically required to do that, amen, because we've set it all up that way. I don't know why we said all that stuff there, but, um, but it's good to know, amen? So any church is not required to be a 501c3. And so the, uh, when I asked that question of, of both the lawyers and the CPA of why did, why did they do that, they said, well, some, some big givers uh, feel more comfortable if you are a recognized 501c3 organization. And so to appease the big givers, you should do that. And I'm thinking, well, it's none of their business, you know, if they want to give, then give. If you don't want to give, don't give. I mean, uh, you know what I'm saying? I mean, if you're going to control the church or the ministry uh, because of what you give, that's just all messed up right there, right? Uh, and so um, I think everybody in here that gave got, a, got their letters already for the, for the uh, end of the year giving. And so, um, so anyway, it's, uh, uh, if you want more details on that, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a CPA, I'm not a lawyer, but I can read. Uh, and these things are well, well documented on the IRS's website. Uh, and, um, uh, they, and, and they will never be able to do anything beyond what they've done because of the Constitution, right? The Constitution gives us the free right to be a church, and we can be a church anytime we want to be a church, and it's none of the, church, none of the government's business if we are a church, amen? Uh, and we don't have an attitude about it, and we sound like we have an attitude about it, but uh, uh, you know, it's pretty rare when, when uh, and we've never experienced it, where the government tries to intrude upon the ministry of the church, right? Now, the, the government does often compete with the church, right? You know, before, the, if the poor needed help, they went to the church. You know, this was you know, a long time ago, right? If the poor Because there was no government programs. There was no welfare, no food stamps, no, no housing uh, uh, subsidies or anything like that. So the poor went to the church. And the church would pretty much say, well, we can help you, but you've got to live right. You've got to do right, you know. 
Uh, and that was helping. That would help people, right? They would straighten up their lives and do, do good. Uh, but then the government started competing with the church. Well, we want to take care of the poor. We want to take care of the, the, the hungry. We want to do your job. And we're not going to require them to do anything. Uh, and so you can see how that's worked out well in society. Amen. When, when people are giving gifts uh, without any responsibility on their part, it, it never works out good because hu- human beings, for the most part, will always drive to the worst possible position. Amen. I know some people won't. But for the most part, humanity will always drive to the, you know, to the least responsible position they can, they can get to, amen? Uh, and if that's to, to receive government subsidies without, requiring, without responding in any way of changing their lifestyle, they'd much rather do that uh, than to go to a church. And uh, I know one fella, uh, we helped him many times, and um, every time we had a conversation of where do you go to church? And one time he got mad at me. He said, are you pastors? You need to quit asking where people go to church. You just need to help people and shut up. That is not my job. My job is not to just give stuff away to people. My job is to help them establish their eternal destiny in heaven. And along the way, if I help them financially or in any other way, that's great. But if, if, they, if they just want, I don't want to hear anything about God, just give, write me a check. Well, have a great day. I'm not writing you a check, right? That's not going to happen. It doesn't work that way. Amen. I'm going to ask you, where do you go to church? Do you believe in the Lord Jesus? Are you on your way to heaven? Because that's more important anyway than me giving you a check. Now, you may not think so in the moment, but it is more important, amen? Uh, and so uh, people are funny, you know, and, and um, uh, the, the thing that, uh, that I think that um, uh, the Lord s- s- uh, provided so much wisdom when he established uh, the Constitution in this country was, you know, if you read the Constitution, it's written in such a way that men are terrible people. And we need all these constraints so that, so that men will not become the most terrible people they can, you know, and so people say there's so much friction in the Constitution, it's so hard to get things done. Well, that's on purpose because men, if, if you say, well, just do whatever you want to, immediately they take all your money and they go spend it on whatever they, whatever they wanted to and without any recourse on your part of what they did with it, right? And of course, we're almost that way today, I know, but, uh, but the, the whole point of the Constitution was the acknowledgement that men left to their own devices are terrible people. Uh, and so we're going to put all these constraints and these checks and balances and things because the Lord is good. Now, was it a perfect document? It's not perfect, but it's pretty good, you know, and it's lasted all these hundreds of years. So uh, this is not a civics class, but um, uh, it's all right anyway. Amen. Let's open up our Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter six. We'll continue there today. We talked last week about why are you doing things? And, and uh, the first part of chapter six was talking about uh, don't, don't be uh, doing things and giving things away to be seen of men. Uh, and, and Jesus said, if you do this, you have your reward. So, the, so uh, is, there, is there a general principle of sowing and reaping in the word of God? Uh, did, did he say in, in um, Luke 6, 38, that given it shall be given unto you, right? So that's a, a general principle of the word of God of sowing and reaping. Uh, and, uh, and so is it biblical to give? Well, it's, of course it's biblical to give. Uh, but Jesus said, if you give to be seen of men, hey, look what I've done. He said, that's the only reward you're going to get. Now, if you don't do that, if you give with a, with a desire to be a blessing to whoever uh, you're giving the money to, uh, in this case, that's what he's talking about is giving money, then, um, then you can expect God to, to bless you in that, amen, that you can expect God to return what it is that you gave. And he said, and the Lord's measure of your giving is, if you give, he said, with, with, uh, it shall be given unto you with good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So you, you ever put stuff in a, like in a box, you know, you, uh, maybe you're, you're putting... Uh, in that in context of that, it's talking about like grain and wheat, that kind of thing. You put that in a, in a bushel basket. 
Well, if you shake it, you know, it, it compacts. And then you get more stuff in it, right? It's kind of like my garbage can, right? You put garbage in it, and then uh, uh, Chris is like, it's full. It's like, it's not full. You go in and press it down more, and you can get a few more things in there, so you don't have to take it out today, right? You take it out tomorrow. And then, so, hey, take it out. No, I, I can get more stuff in there. And then you get so crammed full, you can't get the bag out of the garbage can, right? It's so packed in there. Uh, so that's, that's, that's pressed down, shaken together, and then see when it's running over, then you take it out, right? And so, you know, so I've got a Bible for my, my actions on those things. You know, but that's the, that's the way the Lord responds. When you give with a good heart and a good attitude, that, that's his response, amen? And, of course, it's not a cl- class on, on giving and receiving. Uh, maybe one of these days we, we, we'll, we'll teach about that. You know, I've never have taught about sowing and reaping in the area of finances. It's one of those things that, you know, I, I know what the Word says, and I've lived the Word since I, uh, I got saved. I got saved when I was 15, and uh, somewhere along the way, someone said you should tithe. So I was tithing my Social Security check as a teenager, and I've always been a tither, always been a giver, uh, and, and, and have lived a good life since that. I, you know, I grew up poor, grew up nothing, but the day I got saved and started giving, I've never been without a dollar that, that I needed it or a job that I needed it. Uh, and, and so he could teach that, but the problem with teaching that, people get so offended. You know, if you talk about certain topics, they get so offended. Now, you know, now most people don't, right? But, it, but a few people would get so offended. You know, you know it's all, you're always talking about money, you're always talking about this or that. You know, you should never be offended by the word. If the word offends you, whatever the topic is, if the word offends you, you, you need to check that offense at the door. Amen? If some, and, and, um, and I'll say this just because the flow we're going. You know, over the years, I can't tell you how many times, how many times the Lord has, has, has just kind of given me an unction to, to, to maybe mention, not even teach the whole service, but mention about a verse or a topic or something. And, and people have gotten so offended about that. And they've come to me and said, you were talking about me. And, and I'm thinking, well, who else am I talking to? Right? I'm not talking to the guys down the street. I'm talking, are, are you here? Yes. Well, that's who I'm going to talk to. But, but every time they've come to me, I had no knowledge that they were involved in that thing. Whatever the thing was, whatever the, word of, whatever the verse I was reading on, I had no knowledge that they were doing that thing, but they got so offended, you're talking about me. Well, you know, the, the problem is the Holy Ghost knows everything, amen? And, and I, I mean, so many times I've had people come and say, did you have a camera at my house? Were you spying on me? I said those words this morning just before I left, and you preached about that today. And, and I'm like, well, okay, that's great. I had no idea that you did that, amen? And now, is that a good thing? That's a wonderful thing because I can preach. See, I can preach like that with a pure heart because I never get up and go, oh, yeah, they're here. Oh, yeah, I'm going to get them. I'm going to get them. They showed up. You wait. I'm going to get them now. You know, let's turn over to, you know, you're all going to die, verse 3, right? Uh, and, and uh, you know, I never think that, never. In fact, if I, in, if I have a mental knowledge of something, uh, you know, if it's a good thing, you know, sometimes I'll say it, but if it's, if it's correction or something, I have meant, it's really hard unless the Lord just really, you know, you got to say it, you know. But for the most part, I'll just, I'll, I, will, I will not mention that uh, just because I, I'm not going to, now if the Lord says you say it, you've got to say it, right? right, right. And, and don't we want that? Yeah. You know, the, the, what's the alternative? It's just for me to get up and do a book report and just never yield to the Holy Ghost? Don't we want the Holy Ghost? You know, the Bible says that the word of God is, is valid for teaching and reproof and correction. Yes. Amen. So it is good for teaching, but, you know, there is some reproof. And, but see, if you, if you allow the word of God to reprove you and to correct you, it's because he loves you. Yes. And you would be better off if you yield to the correction and the reproof than to go, well, I can't believe you said that about me. 
I mean, you know, I, how many times do I tell you the stories of the Lord rebuking me? All the time, right? He rebukes me all the time. So, you know, uh, and, and like I said, uh, some folks have got so offended. And it's like, we all want the Holy Ghost until he shows up. You know, do you want the Holy Ghost or not? You know, the Holy Ghost is the Holy Ghost. He can do whatever he wants to, say whatever he wants to. And if he wants to tell us all we're just wonderful, sweet, uh, uh, pleasant people, you know, he'll do that. If he wants to come and say, hey, you know, you all need to straighten up. You know, it's okay, amen? Because we're still going to do it with a nice, with a, with a kind heart, right? I'm not going to just be, I've never been mad at people from the pulpit, right? I mean, you know, I may get upset because some things I hear people do to other folks, but uh, I'm not going to just, I, I don't guess I've ever just been mad, you know, in the pulpit, and yet people have got so mad and left the church, just left the church, just, you know, won't ever come back. And, and um, you know, so, so I've got ju- to decide in my heart, what am I going to do about it? Am I going to stop? Am I going to stop yielding to the Holy Ghost? I mean, is that what you would, I know you all don't want that, but, uh, but you know, uh, if, we want, if we want to grow as Christians, we've got to let the Lord, uh, you know, he said he's the, he's the one who prunes us, right? He's the gardener. He prunes our life. He takes things out of our lives that, that brings harm to us. And, and we've got to trust him that he, that he cares about us enough to do that. Amen. Uh, you know, I remember uh, when, uh, I, th- I think it was like Anne-Marie, when she was like in kindergarten, she was talking about some kid at school's rotten kid. Daddy, this kid's so rotten, you know. And she said, why is he so rotten? And I said, well, honey, I said, you know, sometimes parents don't love their kids enough to, to correct them. You ever seen parents who just won't ever correct their child? Just child grows up like a wild animal? You know, well, it's the, the parents' fault. It's not the child's fault. It's the parents' fault. I said, the parent, I said, the parents just don't love them enough to correct them. And she looked at me, paused. It was, you know, you can see the little kindergarten brain, you know, gears turning. And she looked at me, she said, that is so sad. And isn't that sad? You know, if the Lord doesn't love us enough to correct us, is, is that, isn't that sad? I mean, are you perfect? Yeah, I mean, I, I am not perfect at all, you know. And my wife's perfect, but I'm not, you know, I'm trying to catch up with her all the time. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I, I don't know, it's just, that was just on my heart about thinking about that. Don't, don't we want the Holy Ghost? Don't we want the, now, see, if, if you get offended, you should come up and ask me, did you know I was doing that? You know, I, I mean, I, people have said, you were talking about me because I was doing that. And I said, I had, no, I had no mental knowledge that you were doing that. And, no, and no, the Lord didn't reveal to me that you were doing it either. He just said, say these things, read this verse. And I'll say those things and read those verses. And, and then, you know, uh, if, you don't, if you want to be the, the one who's, who's uh, uh, doing it, don't bark when the rock is thrown, right? And, uh, you know, <laughs> the first dog that barks, is, that's when you hit, right? Uh, and so, uh, you know, I want the Holy Ghost. I, you know, I want to be able to go to a service and the Lord read my mail, you know, without the minister. Ever know I was doing those things because, then, see, then I can correct it and nobody will know. That, to me, that's ideal. The Lord can tell you that you're doing these things wrong. Nobody know it, even the minister. You go home and correct it and fix it and act like, you know, I never did that. Uh, and see, then, then see, you're good. You don't have to be embarrassed. You don't have to be publicly, you know, uh, scolded for that. Uh, that, that should be the, 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 the desire of our hearts when we come to church. Lord, bless me and correct me. Amen. It's not all the time that he corrects us, I know, but uh, sometimes he does. Amen. And, 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 uh, and, and you have to be careful because, see, if, uh, uh, if the church as a whole, that, see, you're always going to get one or two people, and you, know, you, can't, you can't change that, but if the church as a whole bucked up against the minister, so we ain't doing that, you know, that, that's not good. Brother, Brother Randy was sent to a church. Lord, so you go down and, you go down and help them. And the pastor called up and said, hey, we've got some problems. And the church was, was kind of split. They had two camps. 
And one camp was, well, we, we like traditional church. We just want, you know, we don't want any Holy Ghost. We don't want any you know, healings or tongues or nothing like that. And the other half was like, we, we saw this. We want all that. We want tongues, interpretation of tongues, faith, prayer, healing, all the, all the above. And then you had, you know, the, the boat anchors didn't want to go anywhere with the Lord. They want to stay where they were at. You know, I got saved a thousand years ago and I never want to change, right? Well, I mean, are you breathing air? Then you're going to have to change, amen? And so the Lord said, you go down there and try to help them. And, and he spoke by the Spirit of God. If you all don't change, uh, then this ministry won't make it. Uh, and and uh, about two months later, the pastor called up and said, well, the board uh, uh, got together and voted. They're, they're closing the church down. Here's, here's the offering of what we had left from the, from the ministry. Now, we're not anywhere. We're not, you know, there's no issue at all with that here. I'm just saying that uh, because I've never had the whole church there's one or two little things where, where the church has, has bucked up, but it's never been against doctrinal things like that. Uh, uh, and so we're not in any danger of that. But uh, if you're not careful, see, that that, that, that rebellion can, can uh, breed inside of a church. Amen. We don't want the Holy Ghost. Uh, and, uh, and I think you all do a great job. You know, I really do. I think you all yield to the, to the Word of God. You allow me to preach what the Lord wants me to preach. Uh, and every now and then, you know, we'll get people that are offended. Amen. And you've, but you've got to know my heart. I never desire to offend anybody. Never. I never sit and go, you know, I can't wait to get them. Never. Never have done that uh, in all the years that I've ministered. Uh, and so I want, I want the Holy Ghost. I want to be able to, as a minister, to yield to the Holy Ghost and say whatever I need to say when I need to say it. And I believe I've got that freedom. I, you know, I've always felt like I've had that freedom. But I have observed that on occasion uh, over the, you know, we've been pastoring now for 14 years, now almost 15 years, uh, 15 years next month. Uh, that um, on occasion we'll have a person or two get offended because of something I said and, and never, never come and ask me about that. Right? Never come and say, you know, what? did you know I was doing that? Uh, I did have one person. Well, they didn't ask me if I knew. They just, they just said, well, you said that and you were talking about us, you know, to, in, uh, to embarrass us. I said, well, how would I know to embarrass you if I didn't know you were doing that? You know, and so, um, so anyway... Uh, uh, now, and, and here's the problem. You all are praying, right? Yes. And, and the problem with you praying is the Lord's going to move. Yes. Amen. So if you don't want the Lord to move, just stop praying. Amen. <laughs> so it's, uh, and I'm, so I'm going to blame you all, you know, for these things. Amen. If you're praying, the Lord's going to move. Right. He's going to move because his desire is to make you an amazing person. Yes. His desire is to make you an unstoppable faith giant in the earth. Amen. To, right. to bring as many people into the kingdom of heaven as you possibly can. That's his goal. In order to achieve that, there's some things that you've got to get out of your life. Amen. But for the most part, you know, you just need to learn how to operate the word of God. That's, and that's what we teach most of the time. Here's what the word of God says. Here's how to get it working in your life. Amen. Uh, and so all that to be said, uh, uh, we were talking about uh, those things. And, that's, that, and so I said, I've never taught about uh, finances because it's such a, it's such a uh, touchy subject for some people. All you want is some money. I mean, if you, if you really still think that after all these years, you know, you, maybe we need to meet or right? go to lunch or something and, and have a conversation because that's not my heart, amen? But I do believe there is a law of sowing and reaping, amen? Uh, and so, so Jesus wasn't talking about that in that part of it, but then he goes on and starts in verse 5, and, and he's continuing the same thought with a different, uh, a different um, idea here. He says in verse, um, uh, in verse 5, uh, and when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues in the corners of the street, uh, in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have the reward. 
Well, that sounds just like what he said about giving, right? So, and there were people who were doing that. They'd stand on the corner street, you know, oh, God, you know, pray. And they got all their, you know, all their uh, different uh, outfits on for praying, and they look like they're praying. And, you know, people did that. I know it sounds, doesn't it sound weird, people doing that? Uh, people praying to be seen? I can see where people were giving to be seen because, you know, that's, people do that today in our society. But, uh, but the praying to be seen just seems really odd, right? Uh, and so he said they have uh, their reward. Now, just like uh, we mentioned before, does that mean that you should live a way where, in such a way where nobody ever sees you do anything? No, because what does chapter 5 say, right? That, that let your good works, uh, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. So again, it's not about what you do, it's why you do it, amen? Why are you praying out loud, amen? Uh, and so, you know, so some people, they won't pray. If you go out to a restaurant, they won't uh, pray over the food because they'll be seen of men. We can't do that, we're going to be seen of men. Well, well, why are you praying over your food? Are you doing it so that people will see you? I mean, is that why you're doing it? Well, no, I want to thank the Lord for this blessing that he's given to us and, and pray that uh, no harm would come to us because he said that uh, he, he would... Uh, that no harm would come to us from our bread and our water, and that uh, all the things that we eat are blessed and sanctified according to his word and our prayer. Uh, and so we, we, say, we, say, we call it saying the blessing, but we're just thanking the Lord for the blessing of the food and that it, it will uh, provide sustenance for us and no harm will come to us when we eat it. Uh, and it, that's a valid prayer, right? Uh, because you don't know what they're doing in the back of the, of the, of the restaurant, right? You don't know where they got that food. Uh, and so we don't do it out of fear. We do it out of thanksgiving for what he's, what he's blessed us for. Amen. Uh, and so I was thinking about uh, Smith Wigglesworth was with somebody and they, and they were praying. Uh, and he said, uh, say, the, say the blessing. And, and the guy's like, and uh, of course, Smith Wigglesworth, if you know anything about his stories, uh, he was a very blunt, very uh, uh, gruff kind of man there. And he said, man, if you're going to pray, then pray. And he just, uh, and so, and so he, right in the middle of the restaurant, you know, he told them, if you're going to pray, pray. Uh, and and uh, he, they, the stories where he'd walk into a restaurant and, uh, and, and they brought out the food and, and everybody started eating and he'd stand up with all these fancy lawyers and doctors, you know, and, and uh, he said, if you're all going to act like hogs, we need to pray for the food first. And he'd just pray, you know, of course that's Smith and everybody's not Smith, right? And, and I've never been, uh, had an unction to do that. Uh, to rebuke the entire restaurant for not praying over their food. Uh, but, but see, he didn't do it to be seen of men. He did it because of the, of the unction of the Lord. Amen. And so again, uh, it goes back to why are you doing what you're doing? That's all, that's all you got to ask is why am I doing this? Why am I praying this particular way? Right? Why am I praying? Am I praying so that they see me? Oh, they're, they're spiritual people, right? Uh, then, then Jesus said you have your reward, right? And so again, verse 6 is, if you can't do it without being seen, then what you need would then follow verse 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter in thy closet, and when thou shut thy door, pray to thy Father, which is in secret. And the Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Uh, and so, uh, so again, verse 5 and 6, they go together, and you've got to decide for yourself, right? Nobody can judge that. You, you can judge that for yourself. Why am I doing that? Why am I being seen of men? Uh, is it okay to be seen of men in, in, in certain contexts? It is, right? Because Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they see your good works. Well, is prayer a good work? Prayer is a good work. So there's no law. You can't make a law. Well, you can't ever pray in public. Uh, you know, when, when we were, uh, when my, the girls were in high school, they played soccer. Uh, and um, um, so I had two jobs on the soccer team. I was a team photographer and the team 
prayer. So all the, all the food that we ate, I, had, I did the praying for that. So I prayed all, all the, over all the prayers there. Uh, but, uh, and, and so I would have to be seen of men, right? They would say, uh, Chip, you pray for the food. Uh, and, and so, okay, I'd pray for the food. Um, but they, did people see me do that? Well, sure they did, amen. But did I do that to be seen of them? Well, no, it was just, it was just a desire to, to pray over the blessings the Lord had given to us, amen. Uh, and so why are you doing that? That's real, all you got to know is why are you doing this, amen. And then he said, uh, but then he, he uh, gives, started giving some more instructions about prayer. He said, but when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. Uh, be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. And then he goes into the Lord's Prayer, and we're gonna, we'll pick it up uh, not today. Uh, in fact, we won't pick it up next week either because we'll have uh, Pastor Anderson with us. Uh, but in the last verse there, uh, in, well, in verse 7, he says uh, two things uh, about the instructions. He says, don't use vain repetitions. So vain means of no value, right? Repetitions of no value. And, and so I thought it'd be helpful, we have time here, to talk a little bit about prayer because in, this, in the context of what Jesus is talking about, he's really talking about the, uh, what we call the prayer of faith. And so if you go through the whole Bible, there's about seven or eight different kinds of prayer mentioned. Prayer of commitment, prayer of agreement, uh, prayer of salvation. Um, there's a prayer, prayer of consecration, dedication. Uh, but the most common one is the prayer of faith. That's the prayer of faith is when we ask the Lord for something that we have need of and we desire for him to give that to us. That's the prayer of faith, amen? So, for example, the prayer of consecration and dedication is what Jesus prayed in Matthew 26. Lord, if this is what you want me to do, then that's what I'll do. Right? It's no, no request in that. It's just, Lord, I'm going to do your will. That's the prayer of consecration and dedication. Amen. Uh, and so uh, there's a lots of different prayers. Uh, and, and if you study that, and we have gone through all those before in the church here uh, about all the different types of prayers and when you would use this one, when you use that one. But the most common uh, prayer that we pray is the prayer of faith. Lord, I have need of this thing. I have need of a job. I have need of a car. I have need of you know, my finances or whatever it is. Uh, and Lord, I'm asking you to do this on my behalf. That's the prayer of faith. Uh, and so uh, what Jesus is saying was that, that uh, he said that the heathen, right? He said, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. So uh, the prayer of faith, technically, if you say, Lord, uh, I'm asking you for this thing, right? Let's say you're asking for, for a new job, right? Lord, I need a new job. Uh, and, uh, and then you believe that he's going to give you a new job, would you need to come back tomorrow and say, Lord, I'm asking you for a new job? Well, you already prayed that yesterday, so the prayer of faith really technically only needs to be prayed one time. And so I thought it would be helpful to, to talk about that because Jesus says, talks about that here, and, uh, and this is such a valuable prayer, I thought it would be uh, important and helpful for us to look and see how that actually works. Uh, and so... Uh, so there's no need to repeat yourself, is what he's saying, right? He's saying, don't use vain of no value repetition. In fact, uh, that word there, vain, uh, has a connotation of being tedious. So if we keep asking the Lord for the same thing over and over again, it's tedious to the Lord. Because did he, did, did he not hear you the first time? Right. He heard you the first time, right? So why are you repeating yourself? Uh, and so, uh, so we need to understand a little bit about how that works. So let's turn over to uh, John 15. And so, uh, well, we'll just read John 15, and, and John 15 tells you what I was just going to say. John 15, verse 7 says, 
Uh, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. So again, this is the prayer of faith, right? I need something. I need to, I'm going to ask the Lord for something and, and I need it done unto me. So what, what are the rules here? Uh, and if you, if you look at uh, these verses, we're going to go through several verses here, but, but how does this work? Uh, uh, on the end of that, it says, ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. So how many times have you heard people say, well, I asked the Lord and he said no. Is that what this verse says? He said, ask what? Whatever you will, right? So there's any constraints on that. Well, we'll talk a little bit about more of that. But, I mean, if you're just a, a regular Christian and you ask the Lord for, I mean, basically anything, will, will he do it for you? What's it say? It shall be done unto you, right? Doesn't say maybe. Doesn't say you're going to take a, you know, submit it to the prayer committee in heaven and take a vote and maybe, maybe it gets yes, maybe it gets no. How many times have you heard people say, well, sometimes God says yes, sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says, you know, uh, wait a while. Doesn't it sound spiritual? Makes me want to kind of throw up a little bit just, you know, when I hear people say, because it's not biblical at all. It doesn't say that at all, right? It says, ask what you will, and it shall be done to me. But here, here's how you, uh, when you read the Word of God, uh, you know, when you read the Word of God, what I'm looking for is more what's my responsibility than God's responsibility. Because when I look at this, what's God's responsibility? It shall be done unto you, right? Who's going to do the do? He's going to do in the doing unto you. It's God, right? So, you know, when I see that, I say, okay, that's God's responsibility. And that's about all I look at it, because who's responsible for doing that? Who he is? Well, am I responsible to make sure he does what he said he was going to do? Well, no, it's not. I mean, that would be me usurping a position over God that, that doesn't exist. Amen? So, so I mean, I, I look at that, and, I, and I'm thankful for his responsibility, because I, I have confidence if he says he's going to do it, well, then he's going to do it. Amen? Is, is any, any arguing about that? Any, well, you know, sometimes he just doesn't do it. Well, that's not what it says. So we can't, you know, we shouldn't rewrite the Word of God. If the Word of God says he'll do it, then what's our response should be? Then he'll do it, right? I mean, is it, I mean, you know, that, that's like kindergarten stuff, right? And people will just fight you. I mean, just fight mad. You can't believe that. Well, I didn't write it. That's what it says, right? But see, I go back up to the beginning of the verse and I say, okay, what do I, what's my response? What do I have to do? Well, I've got three responsibilities, right? If you abide in me, what's abiding in Jesus mean? Just are you, are you in his church? Are you in his word? Are you in his spirit? Are you in his will? Are you abiding in him, right? And his words abide in you. Well, what does the word of God say? I have no idea. Well, then his words aren't abiding in you, right? See, part, part of uh, when you're asking, when, when, before I ask, First thing I do is, Lord, is there any, is, does this request violate any of your principles in the Word of God? Lord, I want my neighbor's wife. Is that a valid prayer? No. Well, no, because, I mean, duh, right? I mean, you know, we can go through the whole dissertation of that, but I think we all know that. What if you want to, like, Lord, I want the biggest house in town so I can brag about it. Do you think that, do you think that passed muster with the Lord about, about not being in pride? Is it okay to be in pride? Is it okay to be seen for that reason, right? I want to be seen because, you know, I I want people to know that I've got the biggest house in town. Well, that violates what we read both at the, uh, about uh, giving alms and also praying, right? To be seen of men. If your goal is to be seen of men, Lord, I want the biggest house so people can see I'm the, I'm the wealthiest person in town. You think that, I mean, that should be, a, that's an obvious no, right? Because that's not abiding, not, that's not having his words abiding in you. So you should always, you know, Lord, it, it, does this request violate any principle in the word of God? Not just strict letter of the law, but principle, right? Because uh, the love of God is, uh, uh, is a principle, right? Well, Lord, I want you to fire them and hire me in that position. Would that, would that be okay? 
No, you can't pray that to harm somebody else so that you're blessed. Now, if there's a job, I know like one time I was praying for a job and, and the boss that I was going to be working for uh, said, well, there's two jobs, you know, you get job A and job B, but job A is a really good job. You know, it's, it's a management level job and all these things. Uh, but we've already offered that to somebody else. And then job B is just, you know, basically an entry level position. And I just knew in my heart, well, the job A was the one for me, right? I just knew. Uh, and so the way I prayed was, well, Lord, you don't have to promote, give that person a better job. Because that's my job, right? And so, in fact, they offered it to a, to a female engineer, which, you know, there's only six of them in the whole world, and Chris is one of them, right? And so, it, you know, if you're a female engineer, you can get a job anywhere. I mean, it's just guaranteed, right? Just, then you just check the, the little F box on the, you know, male or female, and you've got a job. It's, you know, that's it. That's all you're required to do, right? And hopefully you're a good engineer, right? I've had some great female engineers working for me over the years. Uh, and so, so I'm competing, a, a middle-aged white man competing with a female engineer is just near zero chance, right? Unless the Lord says something. Uh, and so, so I said, Lord, you just got to promote her, get her a better job. And so it turns out, you know, she didn't accept the job offer because they gave her a job offer before, obviously, before they gave me one. And I said, what happened? They said, well, she, got, she said she got a job closer to home and a much better job for her. See, that, would, that doesn't violate the, the law of love. If I said, well, Lord, that's my job. You're just gonna, you know, she's just going to throw her out in the street. But that would, you know, you can't do that, right? See, his words abide in you. So you don't do anything that would violate his word in both principle and, 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 and the written word at what it says. Amen. So, so I've got to abide in him. His words go to abide in me. And then I've got to ask. Well, he knows what I need. Well, of course he knows what you need. But what's Jesus say? Ask, right? So what if you don't ask? Well, then, see, if you, don't, if you violate any of those three principles, uh, is God uh, required to do anything? See, he can't do his step four until you do step one, two, and three. So if you're not doing step one, two, and three, then you can't do step four. But see, if you do one, two, and three, then, you, well, then, then what's, the, what's the result? Always get it. How many times? 100% of the time. If you did all steps one, two, and three perfectly, and you asked for whatever it is you wanted to, uh, what's the likelihood of God answering that? 100%. Every single time. There's no exceptions, right? He will do it every single time. And people say that's false hope. I've been accused. Somebody came up to me right after service one time and said, you're preaching false hope. <laughs> the dumbest thing. You got to preach hope. I mean, it's not false hope if it's based on the word of God. Amen. Uh, but you know, it's some guru, and and so just blah 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 blah, right? Uh, and so, uh, ask, and every single time. Well, let's you know, let's get more than one witness, right? We're we're in, in John, the scripture, Mark eleven, right? In Mark chapter eleven, of course, people think Brother Hagen wrote these two verses, but he didn't. Jesus spoke them, and and Mark wrote them, uh, and. Um, uh, just for sake of time, we're just going to read verse 24. It says, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and what? Shall have them. Is it sometimes you'll have them? Sometimes you get yes, sometimes no, sometimes, you know, we'll think about it? No, it's what, what's, the, what's the end result? What's God going to do? If you do everything else right, what's God going to do? You shall have them. Any exceptions? No exceptions, right? That's what it says. But do I have any responsibilities? Well, let's read what the verse says. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, so again, you don't, you don't pick and choose verses out of the Word of God. You look at the whole council. What things soever you desire. So does your desire line up with the Word of God? Are you desiring anything you shouldn't have? Right, again. Uh, now, anything you shouldn't have according to the Word of God, not according to man. Because uh, Jared was telling me about some professor of his said, well, you, you can't just ask for anything, you know. 
You can only ask for little things. Well, what's little? Who decides what's little? Who decides what's big and what's little? I mean, is God going, yeah, no. That's... And so, you know, I always ask, well, what's, what's, what's the number? $100? You know, that's okay. What about $1,000? No, you can't ask for $1,000. Okay, so somewhere in between 100 and 1,000 is wrong. What about $599.36? I'll have to get back to you on that one. You know, I mean, what's, you know, people say things, they don't have any understanding of, you know, you can't, doubt and unbelief is really easy to confront because you just, you just pin them to the wall, right? Well, you can ask for big things. Well, how big is big? I mean, big compared to who, right? Because if you go to, you know, you go to Africa, I've been mean, a lot of places in Africa, you know, a meal, one meal, a hot, good meal would be a big thing for them, a big thing. And, and all of us today will go out to eat today at, at lunchtime and not even think about it. Every one of us, not even think about it. For them, having a one hot meal a day, they would be thrilled, right? That would be a big thing for them, amen? And so who, who decides that? Well, nobody decides that. It's foolishness, right? But uh, Jesus said, uh, and again, the word, are they in red? Yeah, they're in red, right? So they have to be, Jesus said them, you shall have them, no exceptions. But again, what's my responsibility? Desire. Does my desire line up with the word of God? With the word of God and his spirit, you've got nothing to do with anybody else. You've got nothing, well, I don't think you should have that. None of your business. Well, you don't need that. It's none of your business. You know, why do you think you want that? It's none of your business why I want that. In my heart, there's no, there's no conflict with the Word of God, and the Spirit of God hasn't said, you know, that, that's too much for you. You don't do that. Well, well, just ask for a billion dollars. Well, that's because you're stupid, right? That you say things like that, right? What would you do with a billion dollars? It would ruin your life, amen? And you don't need a billion dollars anyway right now, or you don't, you don't desire a billion dollars. You wouldn't even know what to do with a billion dollars. And so people do foolish things like that, and you know it's dumb anyway. And so it's just like uh, when people say foolish things like that, it's not even worth the air to respond, really. Uh, so what things do you desire when you pray? All right, so again, who's responsible to ask for something they need? Well, the Lord knows I need, well, he still says to pray, right? So whatever you desire, doesn't matter what you desire, as long as the desire lines up with the word of God and his spirit, right? You got to pray about it. And, and, then, and then what? Believe that you receive them. Well, when do you do the believing? Is it before or after you have them? What's the order of the, of the verse? Believe that you receive them, and, and then you shall have them. Well, I thought you believe it when you see it. Well, why do you need to believe it if you already have it? Right? I got it, and then I'm going to believe that I'm going to get it. Well, but you, don't, you already got it, so you don't need to believe that you're going to receive it if you've already got it, Right? So the, the order of events is you desire, you pray, then you believe that you receive them. I believe I'm going to receive it. I've asked for this thing, this job. Lord, I'm going to get this job. Well, do you, are you going to get it? Well, I hope so. Well, that's not, that's not faith. Faith says, I believe I receive it. So, so you've got to check your heart, right? Make sure that you're not just wanting to, you know, get, get this job for whatever reason. Uh, you, you know, that's just, well, I want, to be, I want to be the president of the United States. Well, did God call you to do that? I mean, again, it's not just his word, but it's his spirit, right? Because the spirit said, well, I didn't call you to be president. I called you to do, do whatever. Well, I always want to be president. You know, uh, we see these uh, singing competitions on TV, and, and, and people get up there and, well, well, where do you sing right now? Well, I, I lead praise and worship with my church. Well, that's great. And I'm thinking, well, that's, why would you, that's like the, the, the peak, right? Where would you go from there? Ushering in the presence of Almighty God into a, into a body of believers and they said, well, I want to be famous. That, that's, the, that's what they, I want to be famous. Well, is that a valid desire from the word of God? To be famous? You know, be famous means I want to be worshipped. 
I want to be idolized, right? I mean, it's literally called American Idol, right? So it's kind of like uh, violates all kinds of principles right there, right? I want to be an idol. You know, I don't think you'd want to be an idol because idols were buried you know, by the Lord, right? Uh, and, and so, but see, they, they, would, they would desire to be seen, right? They want to be seen. Well, that's their reward. That, that, you know, they don't want, well, is the Lord going to support that? The Lord can't support that because if their desires to be, now if their desires, well, I want a bigger stage because the Lord's anointed me and I, I believe that we need to help more people, you know, that'd be okay. But they just want to be seen. They want a lot of money. They want to fancy cars. And I mean, is that, is that our goal in life? You know, whoever dies with the most toys wins. Uh, well, no, but um, so uh, when you believe that you receive them first, well, that, this is where the distinction between the church and the rest of the world is. Our responsibility is we believe that we receive first. We believe that we receive, right? Yes, I've got it. You got it? Oh, yeah. Well, how do you know? Because he said to, to pray. And if I, if I believe it, then, then, then it's mine. Then you shall have them right? So that order is really important. Uh, and see, if well, I just can't believe it until I receive it. Well, then there's no need for faith. Faith is not necessary if, if, if uh, you just desire and it shows up. You haven't believed God for anything. It just shows up. It's magic, right? Uh, so, so the order of events for the church is, uh, in, in, in Mark eleven twenty four 24, is we desire, then we pray, and then we believe that we receive it first, and then we get it. Amen? That's the order. So you've got to check your own heart. Well, do I really believe I'm going to get it? Well, I hope I'm going to get it. Well, that's not faith. Faith is I'm getting it. Faith is it's a done deal. Faith says, as far as the Lord's concerned, it's already mine, right? He said, believe that you receive them. And that's what you're supposed to believe. Not that you're going to receive them. Believe that you have received them. As soon as I pray, it belongs to me. It's already got my name on it. It's, it's being shipped from heaven. You know, just like when you order something online, you know, you order it, you click the, you click the pay and checkout thing, and then it's yours. Then you watch it, you know, you watch, you get on a little app there, shows you where's, where, okay, it's in California, now it's in Wyoming, you know, now it's in, the, the, you know, the depot in Memphis, and, and you want, you know, but you know it's yours, and, and the excitement that is coming is there the whole time, and then you get it, and you're all excited about it, right? Unless it's like a, a bottle of bleach, and it's not very exciting for that, right? But, but if it's something that you've been really wanting, uh, it's yours as soon as you hit pay, right? And you know it's yours. You don't have any, you don't, you know, uh, we all uh, have great faith in Amazon. They're going to they're do it, right? I mean, Doris isn't here. She's working in the back right now. Yeah, Doris is going to pick it. She's going to do it. She's going to get it to us. She, it comes because uh, she sees the order and it's going to come our way. So that's, uh, again, is there any, is there any, uh, on God's side, is there any yes sometimes, no sometimes, maybe sometimes? No, what's, what's it on God's side? No. Yes, every single time. A, a, any exceptions? No, as long as we do our part, again, we've got responsibilities. If we, don't, if we don't meet our responsibilities, see, if we don't believe, well, I prayed, and I just hope it comes. Well, he didn't say that's enough. He said, you've got to pray and then believe that's yours. Isn't that what he says? So it's not hard to understand, but, but sometimes it's, our brain goes, it can't work that way, but that, uh, we didn't write this. These are the instructions for the master. If the master, the Lord Jesus, says to do it this way, then we've got to believe, we've got to just, it's got to be as real to us the moment we pray as, and then when we get it, it's no different. Amen? We shouldn't be more excited when it arrives at the doorstep than the moment that we pray. Because the moment we pray, it should be just as real that it's ours as when it actually arrives. Amen? And that's when you know you're in faith. If you see, if you're like, well, I, I hope I get it. Well, he's going to give it to me. Well, see, he didn't say, pray that you're going to get it, pray that you have received them, right? believe that you receive them. I receive it. It's mine. Amen. So you, you can't push it out into the future because that's not faith. Amen. 
faith is, as soon as I believe God, it belongs to me, and then somewhere along the way, he's going to figure out all the, uh, all, the, all the ways to get it to me, right? Because sometimes he has to use people to bring you a blessing. And people are slow, and they're not very bright, amen? And so he has to work through the humanity sometimes to get you your blessing or whatever that you're praying for. And so again, any, any, on his side, is there any, any waffling? Any yes or no's or maybe sometimes? No. On his side, it's yes every single time, right? That's what John 15 said. That's what Mark 11 says. Let's turn over to John chapter 5, or 1 John chapter 5. And again, this is just really specifically the prayer of faith. When you, when you need something of the Lord and, uh, and you pray, and people say, well, I don't want to bother the Lord. Has the Lord any, everywhere ever said, you know, that's just too much? Nope. Would you quit asking for things? Has the Lord ever said that? There's no verse in the Bible that says, Lord's like, oh, okay, you asked me for bread today. He's like, oh, can you just not fast today? You know, it's just, it's so much. Quit bothering me. Has the Lord ever done that? Yeah, people act like that all the time, right? Well, well I don't want to bother the Lord. The Lord's like, did I say something? You dummy, right? I mean, we, we, we have these philosophies that we say that we live by that aren't even biblical. Amen? Uh, and so in 1 John uh, chapter uh, 5, it says in verse 14, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And we know that he hear us whatsoever we ask. Uh, and, and if we know that he hear us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. And so again, uh, in, the, in these verses, at the end of it, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Right, the things that we've asked of him, we know that we have them. So does it say uh, sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't? No, it says if, 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 you, if you do what he says, and we'll talk about our responsibility in a second, on God's side, you always get the petition. Is there any exceptions in there where he says, well, your, your request was valid, your heart's fine, your desires are correct, I just don't want to do it. I'm just, I've had it up to here, I'm taking today off, so many requests coming in, just like our book orders, you know, just so many coming in, I'm just, I'm just not, see, I just, there's a couple phone calls, I just didn't answer. I just, I'm not doing it. I just, you know, I just, you know, I, I just didn't answer, you know, and I'm sorry if you ordered a book, call back on Monday, you know, we'll get it here, but I just, I'm not Jesus, right? I mean, if you ask Jesus, he's always going to do it. See, that's why I'm not Jesus, because if, if I was Jesus, it'd be like, not again, just no, just, that's enough, right? We're just too much. But no, is that what it says? It says, we have the petitions that we desired of him. Any exceptions? No exceptions, right? No, but, but do I have a responsibility? Well, number one, this is the confidence that we have in him if we ask anything what? According to his will, he hears us. So you should have confidence, right? Yes. I, I hope I get it. You think I'm going to get it? Probably not. Well, see, there's no confidence in that, right? There's no confidence. You know, are you going to get it? Does the Lord always answer your prayer? Well, not really. Not usually. He doesn't ever answer my prayers. No confidence, right? No confidence. This is the confidence we have in Him that if we ask anything, now, uh, according to His will, so, the, so, so John puts that in there again, right? According to His will, both His written will and His Holy Spirit will, right? What's His Spirit telling you? Lord, I want to be the Grand Poobah. I never called you to be Grand Poobah, right? Whatever that is. I don't even know what that means, right? But whatever it is, I didn't call you to do that. Well, I want to do that, Lord, but that's not what I want you to do. So sometimes we try to do things that are outside of his will. Amen. But see, if, if it's within his will, and his will is this big. It's not like his will just, you can only do one thing, right? His will is big. 
he, he said, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That's big, right? Everything you're going to need is going to come from the earth anyway. So it's his. So if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Well, so that implies, so what if you ask something that's not his will? What's this verse imply? If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So if you ask something that's not his will, what do you think happens? He never hears it. People, you know, I prayed and, and God didn't even, didn't even answer me. And you get up to heaven, it's like, I, ne- I never heard that. Did you hear that? No, I never heard that. Well, why didn't you hear it? Well, you know, it, it wasn't according to my will, so I never made it to heaven. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, there's, there, the connection was never made. <clears throat> and, and that's what it implies, right? And so when people say, well, God <clears throat> answers yes sometimes, he answers no sometimes, it's either yes or nothing. It's either yes or I never heard it. It's either, yes, you're going to get your petitions, or whatever you ask, I never heard it. It wasn't faith. There was no faith. There was no desire that lined up with my word and my spirit. I never heard it. So don't blame me. It's not my fault. You know, uh, you know if someone didn't hear you, uh, it's like your kids, right? Do you, do you hear me when I told you to clean up your room? No. It's like, well, yeah, how can you not hear that? You know, they could be six blocks away, and you say, hey, we've got a secret. And they'd be, oh, yeah, we heard that. You know? But if it's, you know, hey, they're right, you know, the same room as a, hey, go clean up your room. It's like, I don't, you know, what'd you hear? I didn't hear nothing, right? And as far as, they, as, far as they're concerned, the, the petition was never made, right? The request was never made. So uh, do we have, see, uh, if you don't have confidence, then, then you're not in faith. See, if you, if you pray and believe God, this is the confidence we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And I tell the Lord all the time, Lord, uh, you're going to hear this prayer because uh, it's according to your, to your word, right? And really, if you, if you find a, a scripture to back up exactly what you're saying, that's really easy then, right? And, and if we know that he hears us, so do you know he hears you? I, I hope he heard that prayer. That's not knowing. That's, that's hoping, right? That's wishing. There's no hope. There's no confidence in that. There's zero confidence. This is the confidence we have. If we ask anything, anything, right? Is there any limit then? Any, any limit to what you can ask? No limit. Uh, what, how big is it? Doesn't matter. How much does it cost? Doesn't matter. How long does it take? It doesn't matter. According to the word of God, right? Does it, does it matter? Doesn't matter, right? But you've got responsibilities. Confidence, ask according to his will, and you've got to believe that he hears you. Well, do, do you believe that? Well, I hope he heard me this time. Uh, well, the, you know, if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. So again, uh, uh, how, many t- how many responsibilities have we seen on our part, right? Desire, pray, ask according to his will. I mean, just all abiding him, his words abiding in us. There's a lot of places we could fail, but there's no places that he could fail. A lot of places where you could not do what he t- instructed you to do, but no places where, where he has wiggle room to go, I just don't want to do it. If you do everything right, he has no wiggle room. He said he would do it. If he, is he a man of his word? He's not a man, obviously, but is, will he do what he says he's going to do? So, so uh, really, he has, no, he has no out because he, he said he made the covenant, the, the agreement with us, if you do these things, this is what I'll do. He can't back off from that. He's, if I do it, if he said I'm going to do it, he's obligated by his own word to do it. It's not that well, you can't tell God what to do. I'm not tell, he told us what he's going to do. If he told me what, he, what he's going to do, then I have, a, I have a fair right to go to him and say, Lord, you said you'd do this. And so I'm just, I'm just telling you, here's, here's the deal, right? And I know you hear me because this is a perfectly uh, fine, you know, what, what if you're not married? I want a spouse. Lord, I, I desire a spouse. Is he okay to have a spouse? I mean, he said he who finds a wife finds a good thing, right? Anything wrong with having a spouse? Anything wrong with having a job? 
Anything wrong with having a car? What well, can't be too nice of a car? What's the number? People are, yeah, you can't have a, no, you can't have too, you can't have too nice. You, I can't believe you paid money for that car. You know, we went, we went out to uh, Salt, Salt Lake City uh, for vacation uh, last year, and um, they have, you know, they get that Olympic track, right? The Olympic uh, bobsledding track. Without, you know, this, can you do it? Yeah, you, anybody go to, you go to there, you give them a bag of money, and they'll let you go down to this Olympic bobsled, you know, 65 miles an hour, like three Gs, you know, it's amazing, right? Uh, and so, so, you know what we did? Well, we, of course we're going to do that, right? I mean, you know, yeah, we always love to find things that are fun to do, right? We go do that. And I was talking to a friend of mine. He goes, yeah, I was out there. He said, and, and just the same exact place. Got the Olympic bobsled. And the guy that he was with said, I can't believe you're spending money on that. And so he didn't do it. <laughs> I said, I'll take a selfie and send it to you because I'm doing it. Yeah. See, because people will say, you can't do that. That's spending money. Was the Lord running short on money? Is the Lord, it's the Lord, you know, is the Lord running out of money somewhere? We give away so much money. I mean, my wife and I, we give away so, I mean, the Lord doesn't care. You know, we're not just hoarding our money up and just blowing it on just stuff. We give away so much, so he, doesn't, he just doesn't care, amen? It was just entertainment, and yeah, it cost some money to do it, but I can't believe you spent money. Is the Lord short of money? Is it, I mean, you know, we haven't figured out, but, but since we've been to Dayton, our, our salary, our yearly income has like quadrupled or five or six, maybe ten times what it was when we moved here you know, because we're in the will of God. And, and, you know, the more he gives it, we just keep on giving more money away. We gave away more money last year than we've ever given away. And, and we can't keep up with it. Uh, and, and we're not going to keep up with it. We're just keep on, let's, let's give it away. Let's keep on giving it away. Amen. And, and so, uh, so it was, it was, people say, we, I can't believe you spent money on that. And people will shame you into spending money or you spending money on things. People say, you can't, shouldn't spend money on, on your church buildings. Or, you, you know, should, is the Lord short on money? If we ask... According to his will, is he going to go, boys, you know, I'm a little tight this month. You know, you come back in a month, and, and we might have some more money for you next month. But right now, just can you hold off on that? Just, it's not, it's not a good time. Now, we've all probably been there once or twice, right? You got to, you know, move things around. Maybe next month we'll be able to do it, you know. But the Lord's never done that. And he didn't say, you know, ask according to his will, and he'll do it unless he's tight that month, right? Is he ever tight? It's never tight. It's never, ever tight, right? And so, so, again, do we have responsibilities in these verses? We've got responsibilities. Could we fail in these responsibilities and the Lord not even hear it? That's what it says, right? If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. So if you're out of the will of God, He's like, I never heard nothing. Don't blame me. I never heard it. Because if I hear it, I've got to do it. But if I don't hear it, it's not my fault. Amen? Uh, and so, uh, let, let's, look at, uh, let's look at one more verse. Uh, well, I can't say one more verse. James chapter 3. Um, or James chapter 4. I know we're uh, a little time. We'll, just hang on, right? We, we'll make it. James chapter 4. This is a good verse. I like this verse. Hebrews, James, right? we got to get over there. All right, here we go. Um, and so, uh, James chapter 4. Uh, let's start in verse 1. He says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? He wrote this to the church. Wars and fightings among you. You ever seen a church where there's fightings and wars all the time? <laughs> you know, the churches, some churches do that. It's just fight all, people fighting all the time at church. At church, this is written to the church, right? This is not written to, to just unbelievers. This is written to the church. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? You lust and have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. 
Well, uh, people say a lot, well, the Lord didn't give me what I wanted. You desire and cannot obtain. Was that on the Lord's side? No, because again, uh, the context of this is, is you're just way out of line, right? You fight in war, and he says, you have not because you ask not. Okay, so there's one reason right there. Well, people don't have, well, the Lord knows I need it. He'll, he'll give it to me if, I, if he wants me to, if he wants me to have it, he'll give it to me. That's not how it works. He said, if you need it, you need to ask. Amen? That's the rules. And if you don't want to follow those rules, well, who's the rule maker? Well, the Lord's the rule maker. If he says, these, these are my rules, you've got to ask, well, Lord, I don't want to do it that way. Is he going to go, I'm sorry. Okay. For you, you can do it a different way. Just, just think about it, and I'll just, it'll just show up like magic. You don't even have to ask. I'll just, just for you only, because you don't want to do it my way. I'm going to give you a special way to do it that nobody else gets. Is, they going to, is he ever going to do that? He will never do that. Zero. He, the earth will disintegrate and turn to dust before he'll ever do that for anybody. Amen? He said, this is my rules. I'm the rule maker. You've got to follow my rules, right? He said, you, you have not because you ask not. And then he says, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss. Well, so now we get some more information here. Sometimes people do ask, and they still don't receive. Well, I asked. I didn't get it. You know, people say things like that. What they don't realize is they're telling off on themselves. Because if you tell me, I asked the Lord and he didn't give it to me, I'm not going to go, oh, well, the Lord just, he just didn't want to do it. He just decided I'm not going to do that. No, I would never think that. I would think, well, then there's, I, I can think all, all these verses we've read. I thought, well, you're not abiding in him. His words aren't abiding you. Uh, your desire is wrong. Or, you know, you don't have any confidence. Or, you know what I'm saying? I just started going through the list of reasons why that are on me that are never on the Lord. Because the Lord said, ask and you shall receive. But James says, you ask and receive not. But then he says, why? Because God decided to answer no. Is that what it says? No, it doesn't say God decided to answer no. He said, you, uh, he said, you ask amiss or incorrectly. Or one translation says, you ask wickedly. That's pretty tough right there. Or twisted, right? You're, 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 uh, you're not aligned with his word. Uh, it says that you may consume it upon your lusts. Uh, in one translation, is to squander in your pleasures. So again, that goes back to, well, Lord, I just want the biggest house, the biggest car, because I just, I just want, I just want, 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 want. And it's not about, you know, thinking about things that, uh, that, that you just desire. It's just that, you know, we, we all get selfish, right? And that selfish uh, lust will, will burn our, in our lives, and we just want everything our, our grubby little fingers can touch and see, right? Uh, and, you know, I know uh, when Dr. Dufresne was here, he said, I always wanted a ranch in Colorado. Always wanted a ranch. And he said, Lord, Lord, give me a ranch in Colorado. I'm thinking, man, the last thing in the world I want is a ranch because I'd have to go and mow it. I have to go and plow the North 40. I have to go fix fences. I have to go get, you know, I don't want a ranch in Colorado, right? But I'm glad he wants it. That's fine. I've got no problem, you know. The only thing better than having your own ranch in Colorado is knowing somebody else that has a ranch in Colorado because then they've had to take care of it and you go and visit their ranch and it's great, right? Uh, and so, uh, you know, I know what I want, but I don't want everything. See, if you just want everything because you're so, you're so self-centered and so, uh, you're so consumed with your own, uh, what he said, lust is your strong desires, right? People get so consumed with, with material things, amen? But does the Lord care that you have material things? No, he doesn't care, but can, can you get out of balance in those things where you just want everything? I just want everything. Yeah, you can't get out of bounds of that. Well, what's the limit? I don't know. That's between you and the Lord, right? See, he said, you, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss wickedly that you consume it upon your, your own lusts. And, and, you know, over the years when I've helped people 
with their finances, but I have found is that people that are in dire straits, you know, oftentimes, now I know things happen sometimes, you know, you, you, know, you, you need, do need some help there, but people are just chronically, you know, for, never ever get ahead. You look at their financial, uh, uh, what they do with their finances, and they consume every penny on what they want. And, they, and they're never givers. They don't tithe, they don't give, they, they, they consume every penny on what they want. And they're in hawk for everything, right? They're on, on, on uh, buy it now, pay it later for everything they own. And they have no money at the end of the week for anything other than their own desires. And they have no money to give to the Lord. They have no money to help uh, people that are in need financially. They're always broke, always. And you look at their life, it's like, well, I mean, yeah, because all you've done is consume everything you have upon yourself. And you're not a giver. Amen. See, if you're a giver, the, th the thing that's amazing, it's, it's hard to comprehend it for human beings, but see, if you're, the more you give, the more the Lord's going uh, to give to you. He said that, that he gives seed to the sower. He doesn't give seed to the consumer. He gives seed to the sower. Amen. See, see, if you're a consumer, if all you do is consume everything, right? Take everything and, and consume it all for your own self. That's a consumer, right? He doesn't give seed to the consumer. He gives seed to the sower. Amen? Now, the, the, the reaper, you know, if you're sowing, you're going to reap. You get to participate in that. Amen? Like I said, we've got, uh, uh, we're more prosperous now than, than we've ever been in our marriage. And we've given more than we've ever given in our marriage. Amen? Uh, and, and we're going to continue that. Uh, and we're not going to slow. We're not going to slow it down. Uh, and, and see, the issue is here is when you get so self-centered that everything's about you, every penny that you own is is spoken for in your bills and in your debt. And you have no money to. If the Lord said, "Hey, I need you to give an extra five dollars at church this week," oh, Lord, that, I, I can't eat for a week if I do that. Well, you know, see that that's a problem. Amen. And when Chris and I got married, we, we, we made a decision. We said, we will never live where all of our finances are consumed with the things. We were always going to live below our means. So if the Lord says, I need you to give extra, anytime the Lord's ever said to do that, we've always had the money to do that. Amen. Uh, and we will always live that way. Uh, because we want to be able to go and not violate James chapter 4. So James chapter 4 says, here's some more areas where, again, if you fail, you don't get it, but is the Lord going to do it? He said, you, you, I mean, you can do it, right? But these are, these are specifically talking about reasons why you don't receive, uh, but you may not receive because you, your, your request is invalid. Amen? Again, asking for things that violate this word of God. Or just, you just you're just so selfish. And look, have, have uh, I mean, has... Uh, people ever been there? Well, clearly they are because James, you know, he wouldn't have written this unless these things are going on. Amen. And I can tell you that over the years, people that I have, that I've had to work that were, uh, <clears throat> that, that just for years could never get ahead. It's always the exact same story. I said, where do you, where does your money go? And they'll tell me every penny and it's all going to just stuff for them. Right. So they, they don't have any room for any giving at all. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and uh, one person said, I said, well, why, why, why do you have cable TV if you can't pay your bills? I mean, you know, is cable TV, uh, you gotta, if you didn't have it, could you live? Well, he said, these are his words. He said, well, I can't live without the food channel. He loved to cook. I have to have the food channel. That's what he said. I, I said, you mean you, gotta, you can't pay your bills, but you're going to still get the food channel because you like the food channel. And you know, I just my mind's just like because I don't think that way. I think well, if I can't afford to pay my bills, I'm not going to have cable. Just you know, I mean, you don't have to have cable to live, right? 
And another fellow, now this was years ago, right? So maybe it's different now. They're not really different technically, but, but uh, this is back in the 90s, right, when cell phones were just coming around. It's one about, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't pay my bills. And I said, well, you got a cell phone right there, yeah? Well, you know, back, remember cell phones used to cost a dollar a minute to have? Right? If you're going to have a cell phone, you had to pay a dollar for every minute that you spoke on a cell phone. I said, why do you got a cell phone? You can't pay your bills. Why do you have a cell phone? Well, I have to have it because, you know, I might come up on an accident. I might have to call 911. I said, to me, the other 90 people that passed that accident can't make the same phone call you did? Now, I have to have it. And I said, well, as soon as you say you have to have it, you say that, that uh, you have an exemption from following the word of God. Because, see, what was he doing? He was consuming everything upon his own lust. He was consuming every single penny he had on what he did. He couldn't afford to give anything to the church. And I wasn't the pastor. I was just, my pastor asked me to help this fellow. And he gets mad at me. I'm, well, you're mad at me. I'm not the one broke over here. You are. And you're telling me, you know, you, you have, as soon as you say you have to have it, you're saying you are exempt from following the word of God and God has to do a special work in your life that nobody else gets but you. Well, that's what James chapter 4 is talking about. Amen. And, and, and my observation in all the years I've helped people financially, this is the failure of all of those people. Every single one, no exception. No exceptions. Every single one of them, right? that they have consumed everything upon their own desires and lusts for things that didn't even matter, things that they could have done away with. You know, one person said they were broken and, and um, uh, they needed a church to help them, but they were keeping their, their L.A. weight loss membership, which is now $50 a month or whatever it was. I said, so, I said, so you can't pay your bills. You want the church to help you, but you're going to keep your gym membership. Yeah. I, and, I, and I said these words, you know, I wasn't trying to offend her. I said, why don't you just stay fat until you, get, until you get your bills paid off, right? I mean, it just seemed like a reasonable thing to just not go to the gym. And, and you know, maybe you've got to stay fat for an extra month or two, but, I mean, it, isn't that reasonable? I, I, I thought it was reasonable. She didn't think it was as reasonable as I thought when I said those words, right? But uh, just stay fat for a while. You can't pay your bills. Get rid of your gym membership. I mean, that, that just seems so obvious to me. I know, you know, it's because I think like an engineer, and I, you know, Maybe it's part of that, but I think like the Word of God, too. So I'm not going to consume everything upon me. If I look around, i got no money for anything except for me. I'm out of the will of God. If all my money is consumed on me, uh, I'm out of the will of God. James says you are out of the will of God. He said you, you are consuming upon your own lust, and, and it will be a problem for you. Amen? Uh, and so, so, but again, what's God's side? Is there any problem on God's side? No problem on God's side, right? It's all on our side, amen? So all of these things, every single one of them, the prayer of faith, it works 100% of the time if you, if you follow the word of God. And here's the thing, if it's not working, then what I would do is I'd go to the Lord and say, Lord, why is it not working? Because somewhere either in Mark 11 or John 15 or 1 John chapter 5 or James chapter 4, somewhere in there I've made a mistake somewhere and you'll show me. If I don't already know, you'll show me. And if you're brave enough to ask him, he'll show you. He'll show you, here's why you can't get ahead financially. Because it's not on his side, never. It's never on his side. He said, ask whatever you will and what? It shall be done unto you, right? Every single time, any exceptions? Never exception on his side. He's never going, no, not doing it. Never. It's always a failure somewhere on our side, amen? And, and James chapter 4, you know, uh, most people don't, don't violate James chapter 4, but most people that I know that are, that are in uh, financial difficulties for years, I don't mean just you know, a month you know, here and there. I mean like for years, you're always broke. Everything explodes. You know, some people just, I mean, it doesn't matter. If, if they had a cat, it would explode. I mean, it would just, it, you know, something would happen. It's always something, right? 
Some people, it's always something. And if they go back and review with the Lord, the Lord will say, well, here, here's why, right? Here's the list. Now, I know, I know what the list is. Now, I, if you talk to me long enough, I can help you with some things that, are, that I can say, well, that right there is not the word of God. That right there is not the word of God. You know, it doesn't have to be a, a prophetic statement. It can just be, well, clearly what you're doing right there is a violation of James chapter 4 or 1 John chapter 5 or something, right? I can show you. Some of the, well, I don't believe God ever answers my prayers. Well, that right there, right? I mean, that's the reason why. If you don't ever believe it, then yeah, then you can't receive unless you believe. That's kind of the way it works, amen? Uh, and so, so that, and that's the prayer of faith. And, and, and there was a couple more things. We're really out of time today, but uh, we may pick up a little bit of the rest of that when we come back in a couple of weeks and talk more about that. But, but I think when, when I started first learning this, see, when I read the Word of God, it would bring so much hope to me because I, I read the Word of God and says, Lord, Lord, I don't see any exceptions, Lord. All I see is things that I can make sure that I do. If I do my part, you will always do your part. To me, that's good news. To me, that, that brings comfort and confidence in my heart that, that I can't, you, you won't mess it up. If I just make sure that I really do what I'm supposed to do, my, my desires are lined up with you, and, and, I'm, and I'm basing my faith upon the Word of God, if I, if I make sure, I, you know, just make sure, then, then I always do it. And, and one, one thing that I've gotten in a habit of doing is if it's a major thing that I need, uh, need in my life or desire in my life, before I even pray about it, I'll go to the Lord and say, Lord, is it okay if I pray for this? Is it okay if I ask you for this thing? Because I want to find out, because uh, I want him to answer me either, oh yeah, that's no problem. Or, you know, uh, you really can't handle that. If you got that, you'd be in pride. Or, you know, you, or sometimes it may be if you, you just want that because you want to be in pride. Uh, well, if he said that, of course, it may hurt my feelings. But, uh, but I would yield to him, yes, sir, you're right. Then I won't, I won't even ask that. See, I'll go and ask about the will of God prior to asking for the thing so that I know that I'm aware. If you ask anything according to his will, see, then I can have confidence. Because sometimes we say, well, I'm going to pray about it, and if I get it, then I'll know it's his will. That's not the way the word of God works. That's backwards, right? There's no faith in that. Faith is, yeah, this is the will of God for my life, so it belongs to me. Uh, the, the other way around where uh, I'm going to pray about it, and if the Lord gives it to me, then it's his will. That, that's not how we operate in the New Testament. Amen. In fact, uh, I was going to talk some more about those things. And maybe we'll, uh, I think it'd be good to talk some more about that area, about how that works. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that when we come back. Uh, but uh, to me, this is good news because if there's ever a failure in prayer, um, uh, uh, anything I'm desiring for and trying to receive from the Lord, if it, if, if it ever doesn't work, I know who to go to. I don't go to the Lord. I go to my mirror. And I go, what'd you do? I knew you'd do something. I knew you'd mess it up. I knew you'd do it. Uh, and, and I start finding out where, where did I go wrong. See, because then I can fix it. And, I go, and then I go back to the Lord. Lord, I fixed this. Can I have it now? Oh, yeah, no problem. Because the first, first time I go, Lord, I never heard you do that. Right? This is the confidence we have. If we ask anything on his will, he hears me. I have confidence that he hears me. Amen. He always hears me. Amen. Uh, because I'm always going to ask in his will. Amen. Uh, and, if, and if I don't know his will quite yet before I pray, I wait to pray until I know his will. See, I, I don't like this, well, I'll just try it and see if it works. That doesn't build any faith in my heart. Amen. Uh, and so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we do thank you for your word. And, Father, we thank you that uh, we, we have the freedom and the right and the privilege to ask anything according to your will, Father. And if we do, we know, number one, that you hear us. And number two, we receive the petitions wherever we ask. And so, Father, we thank you for that, that you're good to us, you're kind to us, Father. And so, Lord, you put no limits on it other than limits of the flesh and limits outside your will. But inside your will, Father, there's such a big 
expansive blessing that belongs to us. And if we'll just uh, align our hearts with your heart, Father, we will have everything we ever need and desire and want in this earth. Uh, and Father, it's not just things that we need to survive and breathe. It's also, uh, like you said in your word, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And so, Father, it's, not, it's more than just needs.